exclusive live interviews. People, I think, have got that hunger back for hockey. Game highlights. Shot score! Jordan Everly set up by Taylor Hall! Expert analysis and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Live. Brought to you by the Terry Peranich Real Estate Team. Edmonton's number one real estate resource. Now... From the Cabela's Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers on Radio. Oilers Radio. 630 Shed. Here's War, right corner. Yakupov is there, closing quickly. Logan Couture out to the point. One timer redirected and a save made. Dan Talbot makes the save. It's goaltender interference coming against the Sharks. McDavid walks in, right circle, waves, dishes. Wrist shot score. Patrick Maroon regains the lead for Edmonton off a feed from McDavid. It's 4 to 3. Oilers. The Oilers go on to beat the San Jose Sharks 6 3 thanks to a huge. Second period tonight, four goals by the Oilers. The maroon marker stood up as the game winner and quite a turnaround because, quite frankly, the first period tonight was as bad as the Edmonton Oilers have played all season long in a single period. Thanks for tuning in tonight. It is 11.26 in the Cabela's Broadcast Center along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins, Terry Peranich, Real Estate Team, Overtime Open Line. We'd like to hear from you as well as we head into this long weekend, 780-496-0063. You can also text us at 630-630. Rob, good to see you. Good to be here. We'll start with the first period tonight because, because quite frankly, it this did not look like a game the Edmonton Oilers were going to win. This didn't look like a, like a game where they might ever get the puck. I think I said to you uh, after the first period, I, like it was the Sharks had the puck for 18 of the 20 minutes in the first period. It was unreal. Well, the Sharks came out and played like you would expect them to play. They're they're one of the top teams in the league. They're playing on home ice. They're a little rattled after losing on home ice to St. Louis the other night, and they came out hard, and they were rewarded. They scored two goals and could have ran away with the game. Fortunately for the Oilers, the period ended and allowed them to regroup because if that period would have continued, it could have been three, four, five, nothing. But they regrouped, and right from the first uh, first face-off of the second period, it was a different Oiler team. They started getting pucks in deep, started doing the little things, started winning battles, winning races, and they got on the scoreboard. And once they got on the scoreboard, the, the Sharks looked like the flat team, and the Oilers took control of the game for the final 40. 6-3, the Oilers win it. Oh, six goals, Rob. You know what that means. It means we got some appetizers how, coming. How about that? Didn't expect it tonight. The Japanese Village goal light is on on the Oilers page on 630ched.com. Go there, make a couple clicks, print up a free appetizer coupon to Japanese Village. Three locations, downtown, south side, and north side. You will need a printer connected to your computer. Oh, seriously? I should have well, just, you, can't you just bring the whole? Years ago. Can't you just bring the whole computer just in and show up? Bring the monitor in. Here you go. Here it is. <laughs> just bring your entire computer to Japanese Village. Tell them Rob Brown sent you. Yeah. Uh huh. Oh, I wouldn't know how to print. I mean, yeah. I just bring the whole thing. Take a picture of it. Snap. Snap a picture of your computer screen. Fred, I hope you have a better idea than that. Thanks for calling. Yeah, I just want to make a comment on the coaching tonight. Uh, McClellan had uh, the lineup before the game started, and he saw that they had that goon in the lineup. And you know, I think he should have protected his star defenseman a little bit more. He should have had Gazdik out there when that goon was out there instead of sending the uh, kid out there for to, to the Wolves. I think he, if he could have got a concussion, he could have got hurt badly. I think McClellan has somebody to answer to. Well, don't you, you think that? Much. Don't you think the nurse has to stand up for what he did when he attacked? 
Polak last game? He's a kid. Yeah, he still he still attacked get, somebody. Get, get him some in, get him some some uh, fights during the season. So well, he he did, he did have a fight. He... Listen, to, hey, I phoned in here. Okay, fine. Get him to get out there and and learn the system and learn what happens in in the league before you throw him to the wolves. Well, that, McClellan should be fired. Well, he shouldn't be fired, but he should be fined for that. I completely disagree. That's, nurse that's nurse wanted opinion. nurse wanted that fight, took that fight, and did well in that fight. Well, he's yeah, he's a, like an Italian stud. He doesn't know what the hell's going on. He's so young. It, he could have got hurt badly. Well, the the kid and that he that jumped. Kid, that the, well, the guy that he jumped last game. He didn't. He didn't have anything to lose. He all he was going. Okay. Out was for what about when? What about when Nurse jumped the guy last game and beat him up and bloodied him? Hey. Hey, what? Fine. Pardon? He was standing up for his teammate. This guy wasn't. Well, this guy, this this goon that you called. Show for the NHL. That's this, all he's trying to do. So this, he can make it get a job. No, this guy that came up from the minors was standing up for his teammate. Yeah, he's brought in as a fighter, and McClellan knew that. Yeah, that's all he was brought in. He wasn't he, to stand up for anybody. Well, yeah, he was. He was brought in to stand. The guy, that's all. No, he was brought in to stand up for his, his, his teammate. There's no yeah, difference. Well, why didn't we bring in Muhammad Ali to stand up for the kid? Well, Gazdick was in the lineup, Fred. What else do you want to yeah, happen? Where was he at when when they when because they nurse on the ice? nurse wanted the fight. That's part well, of the that's game. Right. That's what if I you're, see. He's young yeah, and he but if you're going to jump somebody, which Nurse he did, know any better. No, 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 no. If you're going to jump somebody, which Nurse did, he attacked Polak last game. Polak didn't want to fight. He continued to pound away at him until Polak was laying on the ice, covered in blood. You've got to answer to it. Well, let Polak come back at him and, and settle the score himself. No, well, don't, don't, well, don't wait for the lineup and put let a goon come in and... and no, 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 you're wrong. Your you're wrong. Every player on that team appreciated what Nurse did, and they did it the right way. No, they, they, they wouldn't they, appreciate it if, if he got his knock, block knocked off. Well, it, was it okay that Polak got his knock blocked off? Yeah. Well, it, that was, was fine? It was during the game. It was a fight during the game. Well, this was a fight during the game. They didn't do it in the alley before or the alley after. Uh, it was a fight during the game. When your coach sees you, you're going to get knocked, your head's going to get knocked in. The coach should protect the, you. His, like he, his head never got knocked in, did it? He's just a rookie. He, he, it, should, he did his, have, though. Well, he was a rookie yeah. that beat someone up and bloodied him. He attacked that Polek that last game. It. That goon will never be in the NHL. He's already played 66. He so he's already played he, 66 games. Why would you subject him to that kind of crap? Because of what he did last game. That's my opinion. Thank you very much. Well, you, I'm sorry you're wrong on that. <laughs> it, Darnell Nurse said he was going to have. Darnell Nurse knew he had to fight tonight, and they put someone in the lineup, and Darnell Nurse fought him. I give him credit. It was a good fight. After the fight was over, I think his name is Haney. Told him it was a good fight. And then they went and played hockey. I thought Darnell Nurse had a great game today. Plus four, had an assist, had a good fight. It was the right thing. Uh, Fred, I assume you're still listening. We do appreciate your opinion. Uh, I want you to remember this game was played in San Jose, meaning the Sharks get last change, meaning that they had the option to put Haley out there once they saw Nurse was on the ice. And McClellan did not have the option to then respond by putting Gazdick on the ice. I'm sure you understand how that works. 780-496-0063. The Oilers do beat the San Jose Sharks 6-3 this evening. We're looking for somebody to finish the play. Ooh, lots going to be tough tonight. Lots of goals to choose from. Uh, the Oilers do get six. That means a $300 donation courtesy of Booster Juice, a donation, uh, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. 50 bucks for every goal all season long to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. All right. Uh, you can also text 630-630. 
This texter says, uh, Ron says, yes, terrible first period. Thought Taylor Hall was a driving force tonight. Also thought, thought Yakupov had a good game. That's from Ron. Yeah, excuse me. I thought Taylor Hall was very good tonight. I thought Yak had a good game. And you and I talked about it between periods that Yak's board play tonight was the best he'd had all season long. And that's what they need out of him. They don't, when, when the reason he doesn't get the ice time that he wants and a lot of fans want isn't because of what he can do with the puck. It's when he's in his own zone, being in the right position, making the right play. And tonight he did. And I believe he will be rewarded next game playing with Hall and Dreisaitl again. His that line was very good tonight. All right. Well, I'm, st- I'm, still, I'm still amused about the Fred's call. That was really <laughs> intense, Rob. I've never seen you that upset. I'm not upset. It's a long weekend going in. Come on. Easter. Actually, we're going to be at Easter. In, no, we good Friday Saturday. in 26 minutes. we got to work Saturday, you and me. Seriously? Don't forget, you got to show up. Our adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better. Move better, live better with help from your chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. Well, I mean, I think you just touched on it. Yakupov uh, moving up to play with uh, Hall and uh, Dreisaitl. And quite frankly, uh, you know, Cassian played his way off that line. Two silly penalties. Continued. Yeah, just silly penalties. You can't, you, you can't do that. And I know that you want to make, uh, you want to be noticed. You want to send a message. But the San Jose Sharks, what they have is a deadly power play. And we saw that in the first period. You can't give them power plays for doing something silly, and that's what Cassian did. Twice takes the 10-minute misconduct later in, in the second period. He played his way off the uh, off that line, and Cassian has been hit or miss. He's either been very good and very effective in a game, or you haven't noticed him. And for a guy that needs a contract, he needs to be more consistent in, in his play because there are spots to be had for big, strong wingers. And he wants, if he wants to grasp one, he needs to be smarter when he plays the game. I mean, pushing the guy after the icing. Like, well, it, what, what, like, and it's one of those that, that it, it doesn't bother the guy that you pushed. So it's not like he, he inflicted a big body check or a late hit or an elbow. It's just a little, you know what, here I am type of thing. And good on the ref making the call. I mean, let's not let this game get out of hand. Let's call that. And then Cassian, the hit from behind, just another. You, you just can't do that. And I, I credit the refs on both hit from behind penalties to call that and get make sure that the right calls were made because was it Melker? Is that the name of the kid? That Melker threw, Carlson, yeah. Yeah, he uh, he threw a dumb penalty or a dumb hit from behind late in the game that cost San Jose's chance of coming back in the game. Oilers win six three. Patrick Maroon one goal, two assists. Taylor Hall two goals. He leads the Oilers with twenty five. Connor McDavid gets an assist. His point streak is now. At six games, he has eight assists over that span. All right, we got Keith on the line. Keith, how are you doing? I'm doing good, thank you. What's on your mind? Oh, I'm just uh, glad to see that uh, uh, whole team uh, participated in the game tonight. It was good. See. Right on. Do you want to finish the play? You bet. All right, let's see what we have here, Matthew. Out to the point, Darnell Nurse had a shot blocked, rebound sent by Nurse back behind the net, and McDavid creates space from the point. Shot. All right. Goal or no goal, Keith? No, McDavid got an assist on a goal by Patrick Maroon on a two-on-one. Yep. I'll say goal. All right. That's a that's a tough one. I I think I, it's. I think, I think it's, you want to rethink your guess. Okay. Let's find out for sure. 
Out to the point, Darnell Nurse had a shot blocked. Rebound sent by Nurse back behind the net. And McDavid creates space from the point. Shot score! Adam Clendenning from the right point. All right. How did McDavid not get an assist on that goal then? I don't know. Clendenning, it says, from Maroon and Nurse. We'll have to go back and watch it. I don't know. Uh, good, good on. We'll never know. What's the gentleman's name that just won? Keith just won. Good Keith for gets Keith. Fifty bucks to Panda Hut Express. He qualifies for the grand prize draw. One thousand dollars to Integra Tire Auto Center. Love your ride with Integra Tire in Edmonton, Sherwood Park, Fort Saskatchewan, and Stony Plain. Oilers win six three. Did that? Did Fred really say Todd McClellan should be fined? <laughs> Fired first. Well, I think he just misspoke because he was exciting. I'll, uh, excited. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Wow. That, to me, that was the weirdest part of the call. We got Gary on the line. Hey, Gary. Good evening, Reed. Rob, thanks for taking my call. Um, yeah, it's, it's good that the, uh, whatever was said in the locker room, uh, McClellan is, and coaching staff, but it's great that they came back in the second third period and played and, uh, they didn't roll over. I mean, they could have easily. I mean, nothing to play for with six games left in the season. Glad that uh, they came back and played. Take two points away from uh, the Sharks. Um, we tied the series, but uh, Maroon had a good game. Uh, probably the best game since, since he was an Oiler. Uh, Yakubov had a good game. It's nice to get secondary scoring from the other guys, you know. Uh, Hall getting two goals. Uh, maybe a little competition for the remaining five games. He was going to get the most goals being Hall and Eberle. And uh, hopefully Collar and McDavid continue on this uh, point streak as well and uh, in the running for the Calder Trophy as well. And the uh, last remaining five games, the next two games against two other California uh, games in this road trip, uh, hopefully we can steal these two games too. And I look forward to the Cal game especially for the season end. Thanks, Gary. Yeah, they'll play Calgary uh, April 2nd and then finish off with two games against the Vancouver Canucks. couple texts here to uh, 630, 6.30. Hey guys, what do you make of Hall ticking off Thornton at the end of the game? I don't know what happened, but remember back when he ticked off Giroux when they played Philly? I never saw what upset him there, but is there a pattern of Hall ticking off high-profile Canadians, or am I putting too much <laughs> thought into it? I don't know if you're joking or not, but if you're not joking, I think you are putting too much thought into it. Uh, I, I'm guessing, and this is just a guess, I'm guessing the fact that Hall picked the puck up, went full speed, to score into the empty net is what Thornton But he said. wasn't going that fast. He kind well, of just carried it to center. and well, that's, that, that's what I'm guessing. It's one of those where he's like, all right, the game's over, yet you still made sure you got your empty net goal. And I've, I have nothing wrong with Hall getting an empty net goal. You, you get the puck, the game's still on. Darn right, put the puck in the net. But I, that is my guess that Thornton's like, okay, seriously, you guys got the, the, the two-goal lead and you got to make sure by going full speed to score the goal. That's my guess is what he was saying. All right. The Giroux thing was after there was that big scrum, and I think Giroux was just mad at everybody, not just Hall, because he was yelling at the Oilers' bench, too. That, that, Giroux was frustrated because Philly was losing 3 or 4 nothing at that point, and I think that was the one... There was the one scrum in front of the bench. I think that was the one that started with Gudis in front of the net, if I remember back to that Philly game. So I, I, I don't know if that was specifically at Hall that night. I don't know. I think I mean, Hall actually... Hall punched, I think he punched Drew in that one too because Drew hit oh, him and then Paul, Hall okay. punched him back afterwards. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know. if. I mean, I've seen empty netters yep. scored with one second left. No, no. I, 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 but just the way, it, looking at Thornton, I, I mean, I, when Hall picked it up, he was going 100 miles an hour. He was making sure he got that goal. And good on him. I mean, why not? It's The game's still on. You got an empty net. Take advantage of it. 
Oilers win 6-3 tonight over the Sharks. We'll go back to the phone lines. We have Dave standing by. Dave, thanks for calling. Hey, guys. Great show. Just one of the things I wanted to touch base with, uh, Rob, you played in the NHL and had a great career. One of the things that just bothers me being an Oiler, uh, I'm not a, per se an Oiler fan, but uh, just the, I, I, I can't understand how this team can't be 100% effort every night. Um, I'd like to ask you, Rob, when, when you didn't give it all, uh, you were probably benched or the team was like, can you maybe just give a, your thoughts on why this team can't consistently after 10 years of this and this, and this last part of this team, how we can't give 100% every game? Yeah, I, I, sometimes players believe they're giving 100%. I mean, it looks different from the stands and the coaches. They're like, hey, seriously, that's all you got? And the player thinks that they are. I think one thing I've seen with this Oiler team over the last number of years is they like to feel them feel their way into a game. They want to, you know, I'll, I'll give an effort, but I want to see, what, is this going to be a physical game? It's going to be a goal-scoring game? Is, I mean, do, is there a lot of back-checking? And, and they, they sort of see what kind of game it is before they get into their game. And you can't do that and be successful in the NHL. And obviously... The fact that this will be the tenth straight year and missing the playoffs, that they haven't been successful, um, and, and sometimes it they seem to play better when, they, like tonight, as we were talking off air, San Jose got the lead and it looked like it was going to be an easy night for them, and they kind of backed off, and then the Oilers took advantage of that. So sometimes they just the Oilers just kind of wait for the other team to. This is going to be an easy night. So uh, as far as benching players. I think after the first period, Todd McClellan would have had a hard time finding six players to play in the second period if he would have benched all the guys that didn't show up in the first because they were bad from top to bottom. I mean, if it wasn't for Cam Talbot in the first period, this easily could have been four or five nothing. I, I think the fact that the Oilers, the, the consistency hasn't been there the, with their effort, that their, Peter Shrelly will make changes this offseason. And I think the biggest reason is just there has not been a consistent effort from this team for a number of years and from this core for a number of years. Yeah, that's a good question from Dave, though. And I was talking about a little bit that on on the face-off show. The effect of Maroon, hopefully, is beyond his size and his ability to produce some offense. And three points tonight, good for him. But, and I, I keep going back to what he said after that loss to San Jose, 3 nothing back on March 8th. They gave up a goal, whatever it was, a minute into the game. And he basically said we disappeared for two periods, and, and hope and, and that's and you're right, Rob. As much as we criticize the effort and fans are frustrating, most pro athletes don't go into a game thinking, oh, "I'm not going to try my hardest tonight." They they may think they're trying their hardest, mm-hmm. but they may not be trying the right things, or they may or their standards may not be hard enough. And hopefully, Maroon can come in and say, "Hey, look, great, you guys are doing this, but do you realize you also got to do this and this? Or if you're going to do this." When we're down two one, you got to do it when we're up two one or what or whatever, so we can put those games away. Well, you you call it standards, and and we usually use the word bar. And certain teams' bar is a lot higher. I mean, the Chicago Blackhawks' bar is much higher. They don't. There's a lot of things that are unacceptable for the Chicago Blackhawks that are more or less have been acceptable here for years. And when you are a championship team, your bar is going to be much higher. When you're the Anaheim Ducks, where Maroon comes from, you know you give up a, an early goal. You're not getting down on yourself because you know that you're going to score three. You're going to score four. The Edmonton Oilers, I think, losing uh, becomes contagious, and you just, oh, here we go again, and you just feel it's like uh, Eeyore from 
uh, from um, Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh. It's just like, oh no, here we go again. Whereas Anaheim, they get angry. So the Oilers get down on themselves. The good teams get angry and come back. So, yeah, yeah, Maroon, it was a good point, but I think the bar has been set higher, and that's what Todd McClellan, Peter Shirelli, management coaches here, they want the bar to be a lot higher. That some of the efforts, and they've, and Todd McClellan's been very honest about it afterwards, have been unacceptable, and things that have been accepted here in the past here uh, will no longer be accepted in the future. Rob Brown just made an Eeyore reference. <laughs> When we get back on the phone lines, we're going to hear from Don, Greg, Joanne, and the Purple Teletubby. Seriously? What was his name again? The Oilers beat the Sharks 6-3. Terry Peranich, overtime open line from the Cabela's Broadcast Center. You're listening to the Terry Peranich team, overtime open line. Now, live from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Pavelski, high slot, dish back to Thornton, presence of mind, backdoor in front, snapped around, Pavelski, slapper and a save made by Cam Talbot. That is Cam Talbot's save of the game for Armor Insurance working today to protect your tomorrow. Talbot with 23 stops tonight, he gets the win, the Oilers knock off the Sharks 6-3. If you didn't see this one, Rob and I referenced it, just a bad, bad first period by the Oilers. It did not look like they were going to get back in the game, but they led 4-3 after two and added a couple in the third. Talbot faced 12 shots in the first period. Uh, many more pucks were around or near the... I mean, I said to you during the first period, like Talbot's led in two goals and he's playing well. Yeah, he, he was very good. I mean, the first period, it seemed like the ice was tilted and the Oilers could get nothing going. They got a couple shots late in the period just to make it even look respectable. Uh, but but they found a way to get her going in the second and third and were the much better team. They just started winning races. They started winning battles. They started supporting each other uh, around the ice and they got pucks to the net. And we saw in the first period, uh, you know, San Jose putting puck on net, guys in front of the net causing distractions to the defenseman, causing distractions to the goaltender. Well, that's what the Oilers did when in the second and third. And it's something that we haven't seen a lot from the Oilers this year. But since uh, the trade deadline, they picked up some size. They picked up some to, some raspy-type players that aren't afraid to go to the front of the net. And a, a great example was the Jordan Everly goal. Maroon standing in front of the net. The puck hits him, goes to Everly, puck in the net. And just simply going to the front of the net, causing traffic, creates things. So the Oilers much better tonight at throwing pucks in the net and having guys there to, to cause distractions for both the goalies and the D-men. The Oilers get their 30th win of the season. First time they've hit 30 since they won 32 in 2012. And the Oilers are 8-6 and six since the trades of Nielsen, Schultz, and Purcell. We have Don on the line. Don, thanks for calling. Hi, Reed. How are you? Doing great. Good. I, I just want to uh, mention that uh, one player that I would like to nominate for the captaincy is uh, Darnell Nurse. Um, the guy, every time I see him play, he does something utterly fantastic. I saw him against the home game against Colorado. He could have scored two goals in the first period. And uh, he's already had three fights during the year been suspended and he just one one character guy and and he, he skates really well and he's so emotional. He, I think he's the emotional leader of this team. I uh, just want your opinion on that. 
Well, I think you're right that Darnell Nurse is emotional. I, I just think, Don, with Connor McDavid here and what he brings, he's the next captain. I mean, hey, as this team matures and, and they build around McDavid, could, could I see Nurse wearing an A? Sure, I could. But I, I just don't think that's going to happen next year, and I, and I don't I don't think it's going to be a C, Don, just because McDavid's presence is so powerful, I guess, for lack of a better word. I mean, he's he's already the best player on the team, and I think he's going to be the leader. Oh, for sure, absolutely. I, I just thought I'd uh, put my opinion out there, and I thanks for taking my call, and I really enjoy your show. The one nice thing, though, that you, that you got in a Darnell Nurse and a Connor McDavid, uh, a couple of young guys that have come up, or the leadership abilities in both of them. You know, a lot of players are, are, are drafted because of their skill set, because of what they can do with the puck on their stick. But when you can add the, the extra element of being a, a guy that players will follow, that is huge. You know, not a lot of young players uh, do players follow. Uh, you, you very rarely see it. You always talk about the veteran that comes in as the captain. But Connor McDavid and Darnell Nurse both have put their you know, imprint on, on this team this year as guys that uh, they know the right way to play. And Darnell Nurse, we saw the example where he went after Polak after he thought Hendricks had been run into the boards. And tonight, Darnell Nurse standing up again, knowing that because of that hit, he had to fight. He, he, he is a leader. He was a leader in junior, and now you're starting to see the leadership qualities here at the NHL level, and that just bodes well for him because he's got the skill set. The leadership is something, it's, it's going to be a bonus, and it's going to help in that dressing room for years to come. Patrick Maroon, three points. Taylor Hall, two goals. Oilers beat the Sharks 6-3. Dan Rusinowski, our friend from the Sharks play-by-play booth, picking the three stars tonight. He goes Maroon, McDavid, and Clendenning. Clendenning gets his first goal as an Oiler. Our fourth star of the game for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Try the auction advantage. We have the selection. You set the price. Check out maauctions.com. I'm going to go with Darnell Nurse. He had an assist tonight. He was plus four, had a fight, played 20 minutes. Uh, he, he did everything that he needed to do tonight. Uh, and I imagine coming into the game, there was a little apprehension, maybe a little nerves, knowing that uh, what had happened the last time these two teams met. He, he didn't show it. Played a great game. And to me, uh, there's a number of players on the Oilers tonight that could have been your four-star, but Darnell Nurse was the one for me. All right, 780-496-0063. We have Greg on the line. Hello, Greg. Hey, guys. How's it going? We're doing great. Uh, just so you know, Chelsea Carey made the playoffs. So that's good. Oh, yes. Thanks um, for that. Uh, I got a couple things I want to ask you guys about. Number one, um, the inconsistency of uh, the rest this year. I know it had nothing to do with the, tonight's game, but I want your opinion on that. And the other thing that I want your opinion on, too, is um, it seems like, you know, in the heat of the battle in, in any hockey game, linesmen and refs are, are quick to jump in and break up a fight um, before it happens. But then when they when San Jose brings in a guy, you know what he's going to do. You know why he's there. And then the refs let it happen. That's um, almost like bringing the goons back to the game, for lack of better words. I know they're not goons, but, but they knew what was going to happen, and they let it go. So that is more so a stage fight than, than a heat-of-the-moment fight in, in a hockey game. And, and I just think that, that it's... it's like, I don't know. I, I don't know what to say about it because they knew exactly what was going on. And if they're going to stop a fight in the middle of a game that's in the heat of the moment, why wouldn't they stop that stage fight just because it was a, a retaliation over a, a previous game? Like, I don't get it. So I just want your guys' opinion on that. Okay, uh, two, you had two questions. The first one you talked about, the inconsistency of, of referees. 
the I, I hard to believe that I'm going to stand up for refs, but these are the best in the world. All you have to do is watch a European hockey game, any international game, and you can see that the the the, the refs in the National Hockey League are the best. They have two refs out there, so they should be fairly consistent because there's two guys watching. When I played, and if you go back and watch old hockey when there was only one ref, you could do just about anything as soon as the ref turned his back. There were inconsistencies tonight, the, the penalty against Maroon. I mean, Joe Thornton toe-picked. That had nothing to do with Maroon. The penalty was called. Players have to learn to play through this, and most of them do. I don't think it was too one-sided. Uh, tonight, there are games where you question, you know, seriously, ref, come on now. But tonight wasn't one of those nights, and I believe the refs are pretty good. As for the the fight, before the game, the referees know what's going to happen in the hockey game. They know what had happened with with Polak and Nurse. They they saw who was in the lineup. They they go through just like the coaches go through with the players. Here's what the other teams got. Here's what they're bringing. Here's what they do in their power play, penalty killing. The referees sit in their referees room and they also talk about both teams, what to expect, what to watch out for. They knew there was going to probably be some retribution towards Nurse. Their job is to make sure it's fair and that Nurse is willing. Once they saw Nurse was willing, they allowed the fight to happen because they know as soon as that fight happens, it's done. There's nothing stupid going to happen anymore, nothing silly, because here's your fight. You've got it over with. Now let's go play hockey. And in the fight, the one linesman got in there very quickly. And Reed and I were talking about it. He wanted to make sure that if this other guy, Haney or whatever his name is, is tougher, he's not going to get any free grabs afterwards or free punches afterwards. The ref got in quite quickly on that one. So I thought the refs and the linesman did a good job on that tonight. And both players came out. I mean, both Nurse and the other guy were smiling afterwards. More or less, good job. Which I always find weird. Because if you're willing to punch some guy in the head, I'm not sure how you can talk to him right afterwards. But tough guys are able to do that. Joanne and Larry up next on Overtime Open Line. Courtesy of the Terry Peranich Real Estate Team. We're in the Cabela's Broadcast Center. Quick break for the news and weather. Oilers beat the Sharks 6-3 in San Jose. Live from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, this is the Terry Peranich Team Overtime Open Line. On Oilers Radio, 6-30 Chad. Face-off win for Latesto. A shot redirected home. Clendenning had it tipped in beautifully. Charging front of the net. And Korpakoski might have gotten a piece of that one, and Edmonton's right back in the game just like that at 2-1. to one. Time, 139. That's the one that got the Oilers going tonight. They would go on to score four in the second period, two more in the third, and shock the San Jose Sharks 6-3. The Sharks do not clinch a playoff spot. I mean, they will, but they are unable to get it done tonight. Patrick Maroon, a goal and two assists. Taylor Hall, Two goals, Andre Sekera, two helpers. McDavid's point streak goes to seven games. Nail Yakupov actually had an assist taken away on the final scoring summary, but he winds up with one assist and a pretty good game for him too. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. It's 12.06. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. We have Joanne on the line. Hi, Joanne. Hi there. Rob, I think you make a pretty good Eeyore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I was listening to Bob Stoffer at lunchtime today, and if I heard him correctly, um, he said that there were a lot of people that were writing off Darnell Nurse. I thought that he was turning into a pretty good defenseman and that he was doing okay. Um, is there a reason to write him off? It not, not in my eyes, no. <laughs> I mean, he's a young kid that, uh, you know, it's been a roller coaster season. 
and you would expect that. They, they, the Oilers wanted him to play the majority of the year in the minors. They wanted him to find his game uh, like a Brandon Davidson did, spend some time in the minors, and by the time that he came up to play at the National Hockey League, he would have been ready. Unfortunately, because of injuries and, and haphazard play by some of the other D-men, he came up early. He's had some great games. He's had some tough games. But as far as writing him off, I mean, uh, this is a young kid who's got a world of potential in front of him. He, he's big. He's strong. He can skate. He's got offensive upside. He's tough. Uh, he's a good leader. So all those uh, attributes you want in a young player, he has. So I didn't listen to, to the, the thing that you listened to with Bob today. But as far as what I've seen from Darnell Nurse, I mean, there, there's been warts this year, but he's just a kid playing a man's game, and defensemen generally take longer, and I, I see nothing but promise in this kid's future. Has he got the opportunity to get a contract next year? I believe he's still got time left on his contract. Reed's going to look right now, but I'm pretty sure he's yeah, still, he's got, still time. got one more year, doesn't he, before they got to offer him a longer one? I get muddy with some of the details, though, so let me double-check. Darnell's going nowhere in that respect. I mean, the the Oilers... Oh, this is only the first year yeah, of his, the, of his he's, entry He's level. going nowhere. Yeah. Darnell Nurse is a, a big part of the future for the Edmonton Oilers. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks, Joanne. We appreciate you calling. Oilers beat the Sharks 6-3. Uh, this texture says, uh, please give your opinion on which, if any, of the mostly core players aren't still committed to being part of the solution. Well, I think that goes back to what we were talking about earlier. I don't think players go in and say, okay, well, I'm, I'm done. I'm not going to try. I, I, think, uh, I think some players have been frustrated. Mm-hmm. I think uh, some have shown that throughout the year, or, or the frustration has maybe come out in, in how they've played. Um, but I think that goes back to what Rob and I were saying. Let's face it, over the years here, the standards have been lowered because they keep missing the playoffs. And then the standards go from, well, let's make the playoffs to, well, let's try to be within five points, to let's try to be within 10, to let's try to get 80 points. And I think that does rub off on the players, and I think they can they can feel that. And, and I do think, like I said, Rob, I think the standards have affected... Um, the performance, and I think that's one of many things that needs to be restored with this team. Well, yeah, I mean, you look at teams that are championship teams, they'll play a a game they'll win, and they won't be happy with the way they played in that win. And you'll hear them talk about it after the game. And over the course of the last number of years here, the Oilers will lose a game, they'll feel they played well in the game, and after the game, you know what, you know, we played well, it was close, Uh, you know, we're happy with our effort. And that's what would become acceptable here, because it's a team that has been at the bottom for so long that if they play a good game, even though they lose, they feel, you know, the confident. They feel good about themselves. And, and just the bar, I mean, when you're a team that's been where they have for a long, long time, you start getting complacent. And it's, well, you know, we'll get there eventually type attitude. Uh, Todd McClellan and Peter Shirelli want none of that. They're holding them to a higher standard. And that's good. As far as players that... Uh, want to be part of the solution. I, I believe all the players in the core want to stay. I believe in Nugent Hopkins, a Hall, and Eberle. These guys want to be part uh, of the future here. They've been through such a tough time here and so many off seasons that when they want, when this thing turns around, they want to be part of it. And they can feel it coming. You, you look at the young players, We obviously McDavid, a nurse, they got a real goaltender now in Talbot. You look at that type of uh, stability that this franchise is now starting to get, they want to be here when this thing turns. The only core player, and I don't know if you, it would be a core player, that I think would like to move on or would not be upset would be a Yakupov. I, I, I think he hasn't come out and said it this year, but just the body language 
and everything he's been through, it would not surprise me if he was moved in the summer and there's a sigh of relief coming from him that he gets to start anew somewhere else. Uh, other than that, I would think that all the other players want to be back. I don't know if they all will yeah, be. They probably won't all will be. But I, I do believe that they all want to be part of the future here in Edmonton. Oilers win 6-3. Somebody texting in why wasn't Cassian playing in the third period. Simple. He got thrown out of the game. Did got he get a, he got, got a yeah, game? Yeah, it's on the game sheet. Boarding a 10 and a game oh, okay. at 14.55 of the second period. Although, I'm not sure he would have got a lot of shifts Anyways, had he stayed in the game. The I, I think don't think McCullough so either. Had seen enough at that point. We got Larry on the line as well, and then we're going to get to Patrick Maroon. Larry, how's it going? Good, good, uh, good night, Northern Land. Um, great win. Um, enjoyed it. Uh, Joanne, there. Hey, Joanne, the the team's doing good. We're on the right track. Uh, Darnell Nurse is he's only going to get better. Uh, my call was actually directed toward uh, Rob. Um, you know, just. You know, Connor McDavid, um, wow. Um, I'm just, you know, Rob played with Mary Lemieux, and I just, you know, draw a little comparison between McDavid and Lemieux. You know, not put, trying to put Rob in the spot, but just, you know, the things he's seen, seen in McDavid that, that he saw in Lemieux. You know, little things, um, just just looking for an opinion. Yeah, well, the biggest thing is is the best players in the world, they see the game differently. And uh, Mario, uh, Wayne Gretzky, uh, players of that, uh, they, when you are sitting, if you're at a hockey game and you're in the front row, the game looks so fast. Like they, they're just flying out there. It, it seems like that one guy gets the puck and someone's attacking him. When you sit in the press box, the game slows down. And all of a sudden, you can see where the guy, okay, I want to put the puck over there because that guy's going to be there. Okay, I've got time to make a play. The best players in the world, all the time seems like they're in the press box. That's how they see the game. And Connor McDavid, it was a perfect example on the maroon goal. Most players, most players would have, when Connor got the puck a one on one, he would have tried that guy one on one, tried to beat him. Connor McDavid took his time, moved out to the outside, waited for someone to jump in, and then makes the perfect pass. He knew that a player was going to be coming. He just knew it. And that's what the best players do. So I, I, his patience with the puck. His ability to make plays that no one else sees. He's a guy, when, when I play with Mario, he used to say, okay, always have your stick on the ice. Always be ready for a pass. Because when it looks like I'm not going to pass it to you, that's when I'm going to give you the puck. And it's the same thing with Connor McDavid. He makes plays that no one else sees, so you always have to be ready playing with him. He's just smarter than everyone else on the ice. And he's got the ability with the brains that makes him the most dangerous player probably in the National Hockey League today. Yeah, I like the way you described that, Rob. And, I mean, look, I, I only have... The I don't have the first-hand evidence like you do, but from from talking to to people, that's a great way you put it. That and a lot of people will say the great, the, the you know the the most players or the good players can see the game one or two passes ahead of what's going to happen. Okay, this will happen, and then this will probably happen. But the the good guys see four or five, mm -hmm. or you know whether you want to say passes or seconds. And I think that's what happened to McDavid there. He knew I got to give Patrick Maroon three seconds to catch up to the play because I think I see out of the corner of my eye he's beat this guy. So all I got to do is keep the puck and I know I can get it to him. Yeah. And it paid off in a goal there for Patrick Maroon and let's hear from Patrick now. Had a decent night for yourself but uh, as a team to leave this building with two points and beat them where you guys did, how good does that feel? Yeah, it does feel good but I thought the first period was terrible for us but I thought we responded pretty well in the second and third. What we, what we needed to do, but huge two points and a tough barn to play in. But that's over. we got to be ready for L.A. now. 
How'd you feel out there after the flu? You said your body seemed to be okay this morning. How was it? It was all right. It was a struggle in the first period, but, you know, just trying to, like I said, I was just trying to keep my short shifts, and you can tell when I kept them short and I kept them long, it was tough, but, you know, my linemates did a good job for me tonight. I thought they played really well for me, so, you know, that always helps and gets you into the game, so uh, I thought I felt pretty good. Talk about the speed of Connor and uh, him setting you up on that two-on-one, being patient and waiting for you to be in the right spot. Yeah, I mean, it's good play, good support by him on the breakout, and you know, Pollock pinched on me, and I guess I got my big body moving. <laughs> and I told him I was coming, screaming off the ice, and he had good patience, good vision, and it was a great pass. How special is this kind of a win when you guys are down two goals like that in the first period? You guys come back, score three unanswered, and they're able to, you know, win going away. Good. I mean, it's good. That shows good character in the locker room. Uh, shows that we can play with any team in the league, especially coming down the stretch when these games kind of matter for San Jose and the teams that are trying to clinch a playoff spot and trying to move up in the stands and get home ice advantage. So, you know, that's huge. And I thought we responded pretty well tonight with that. Minute or so, the Sharks had only had 12 shots from the second to the third. What did you guys do on defense, too? Oh, I don't think it was defense. I think we just got pucks deep. We didn't turn pucks over. You saw when we, we didn't get them deep in the first period, we turned them over. They created into bad penalties, uh, opportunities for them to score. And once we did that and played big and physical, I mean, like I've been saying all along, this league is all about getting pucks deep. And, you know, once you get pucks deep, then you can bring the pucks over to blue line and create your offense from there. And I thought we did a good job of that and created some offense. But then again, we played some good defense too. That is Patrick Maroon. Three points tonight. He was also plus three, five shots on goal. He even got an assist off his bum. That's how well, <laughs> he, was, well he was playing, just by standing in front of the net. 12-17. The Oilers beat the Sharks 6-3. Ed, you're next on the phone lines. Terry Peranich, overtime open line from the Cabela's Broadcast Center. You're listening to the Terry Peranich team, overtime open line. Now, live from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Along the end boards, the puck trickles free. Ward got it to Marlowe. He had it stripped, and here's Taylor Hall. Wrist shot, score! Right through James Reimer, and just like that, this game is tied. That was the first of two for Hall tonight. The Oilers rally after a poor first period to beat the San Jose Sharks 6-3. The Sharks coming into tonight were 32-4-2 when scoring first. So the Oilers had them their fifth regulation loss after getting the first goal. 6-3, the Oilers take it. Reed and Rob with you. Thanks for tuning in. It's 12-20 in the AM. Ed is on the line. Ed, thanks for staying up with us. Uh, no problem. Um, I was just kind of wondering... Uh kind of a, an injury update like with Pouliot and Davidson and Adams and Garba because um, it's, it's about time that maybe the Oilers start stocking up their farm team because I think they're still in the playoff run and uh, basically I'd like to know that kind of stuff. Yeah well the th- I mean you can have 50 contracts total so what's happened is they've had to call some players up like Osterley and Reinhardt. I mean, some of the other injury replacements were waiver pickups like Party, who then got hurt, but uh, Party and um, Cracknell, who has been a scratch, so that so that didn't take up guys from the farm. I know uh, the goaltending hasn't been that great on the farm with Brassois here, so that's a bit of a concern. 
Um, I mean, they have enough players to, to stock the farm team. I think the bigger issue for the farm team is what Shirelli does over the next year or two. I mean, they need better players at the NHL level, and quite frankly, they need better players at the NHL level to, to be replacements in situations like this. So, like, from what I gathered, you're saying that none of the players are ready to, like, from the injury list to come on and play? Oh, no, all the injured guys are, are injured, yeah. I mean, the, the one guy we might see before the end of the season is Griba. I don't, I mean, Pouliot... The Oilers have been guarded about injuries, but they've basically said Davidson won't return. They've basically said Pouliot won't return. Ference, we know, is out. Nugent uh, Hopkins probably is not going to come back. Clefbaum, I doubt, will come back. Yeah. So, I mean, these guys are banged up pretty badly. That I don't think they'll come back for the remainder of the season, which unfortunately means the players that should be in the AHL and would be in the AHL aren't, and that's hurting their minor league team. All right. Well, thank you very much. Yep, thanks for listening, Ed. We appreciate it. 780-496-0063. Todd McClellan has won a lot of games in San Jose. Tonight he wins it as the coach of the Oilers. We had a chance to talk to some different players throughout the game, and everyone uh, spoke of the first intermission and just a, a message that you, you passed along. Can you give us an idea what you said and, and how you liked the response? Well, I, I like the response. The The message was we were getting outworked, out-competed, out-hustled, and, um, you know, not playing very smart. And uh, I just thought we were letting ourselves off the hook. We were putting time in. We haven't done that um, all year. We've been a, a competitive, scrappy team. May not win as many games, but uh, the effort's always been there, and I thought we let ourselves off the hook in the first and challenged them. They came out and responded well, so that's a, a real good sign for us. Do you think that was the maddest you've been um, in the first intermission this season? Um, <laughs> uh, we've been angry a few times, but um, you know our group has to learn how to bring it every night, and um, we have to bring it every night to have a chance. And tonight we didn't, and uh, they they woke themselves up, they responded well, and um, that's a good sign. But we've got. We've learned lessons as we moved along throughout the year. Um, I think it's a lot more powerful when it comes from within the room uh, rather than a coach or a coaching staff coming in and poking and prodding. But uh, we'll get to that point eventually. You figured Darnell would just stand up for himself? Yep. Yeah, without a doubt. He's, uh, he's a big man, a big boy. He can take care of himself. Um, you know, we were well equipped for anything else. Um, and I actually think that distracted us a little bit to begin the game. And, uh, we also took some real dumb penalties. Also had uh, a call that tough to figure out, but uh, I guess we uh, we got to live with that. What did you think of just the whole sort of lead up and Haley being called up and then Luke being inserted into the lineup that eventually led to the fight and then after that everything seemed to just kind of calm down? Yeah, like I said, we were uh, Darnell's a big guy; he can stick up for himself, and um, you know we they were in in control of how. Uh, the game was going to go in that situation. Um, they had a lot more to lose than we did, and uh, Darnell did his thing, and, and uh, from there the game just uh, took on a life of, of its own away from that stuff. Um, and, you know, it was, was no big deal when it was all said and done. Todd, you've referenced lessons learned. Uh, Nurse, Maroon, Clendenning, Yakupov started with good defense, and then they end up on the score sheet at the end. Did you see that developing good, throughout the game? Good observation. We didn't have that early in the game. We didn't win many battles. We were in our end a lot. We were slow. Um, as we started to do those things uh, with different players, 
um, we became, became more competitive and had the puck a lot more. I thought we really did a good job uh, jamming things up uh, once we had the lead, created a number of turnovers or, or giveaways on their behalf, uh, which worked in our favor. I also thought we got a little bit of energy when we went to three lines, and that made a bit of a difference as well. Get a power play. I'm sorry. You're wondering whether you'd ever get a power play and whether it was two teams playing? Um, I don't know. We were just playing. This is kind of a win, showcase the potential your team has when you guys were able to come back from the deficit and, you know, kind of add on and just sort of look like you guys, took, you know, played well throughout. At, uh, well, we, we didn't play well in the first 20. That, that's a given, and I think we've already spoke on that. Uh, the ability to respond was something that I'm, I'm proud of. Uh, it's nice to see the guys do that. And, and you know, this group has, has been, they've given us almost everything they have all year. And there's just some nights we're not good enough right now and we have to improve. Uh, but I think uh, if we keep giving each other that effort and playing as a group, we have a chance to improve, uh, f you know, in the remaining five games, we have a chance to improve over the summer and, and get into next year, try and get healthy. That's the biggest thing for our team is, is health more than anything. I know you're going to downplay this, but I mean, this has to mean something to you when you come back here, all the years you, you coached here in San Jose, you come back here at this building and... You know, well, it's, you know, the downplay part is it's not about a coach ever. It never is. It's, it's about the players. The coach, give them a little bit of guidance, and then uh, if your team's playing well, you just get out of the way and, and roll the lines and let them do their thing. And, um, you know, so it's certainly not about me coming back. I, again, I, I love San Jose. It's a, I still call it home in, in some sense. And uh, the people and the players on that side were, have always been good to me and um, have a lot of respect for everybody involved in the organization. Is there any, but just in general, is there always some, some, some kind of emotion whenever you come back to somewhere, whether it's a coach or player, coming back to a former home? Yeah, I, I think there is, but it, it wears off fairly quick. Uh, you know, the first time in was was a, a completely different feeling. This is the second time through, and and uh, we played them two times in Edmonton, so it's starting to wear off, and um, I'm with my new family now. <coughs> he can skate, hey? No, he, uh, he really played well. Um, I thought he led the response. And uh, for a 19-year-old to uh, to accept that responsibility and and lead the way, um, you know, it's it's really good for him and for us in the future. Yeah, he got one. That's he shot the puck, and they don't have. Yeah, you know, that's actually a good way of putting it. He stripped the puck. Uh, Yak helped him on the forecheck, and uh, it didn't have to be pretty. It didn't have to be cute. It was just at the net and scores. Well, we've had questions about leadership and captaincy all year long and Todd McCullen saying that uh, Connor McDavid led the comeback tonight. I mean, he only got uh, got one point, but again, he looked pretty dangerous. Every time he steps on the ice, he's dangerous. And teams are starting to, to play him a little different because of the fear factor. You saw tonight where he got the puck in his own, own zone, bounced it off the boards, and it's a foot race. And I've yet to see a player in the NHL who's going to beat Connor McDavid in a foot race. So, yeah, he was very good tonight. He's been very good. Uh, all season, especially since he's come back from his injury, and uh, he may be the captain starting this September for the Edmonton Oilers. He's going to be the captain eventually. It might start uh, at the end of this summer. How fast was Mario relative to guys in the league at that time? I mean, he was he was huge, and he had moves he, and the shot. He he never he never looked fast. No one ever called Mario fast, but I've never seen anyone catch him. He was a guy, he had these big, long strides, so it didn't look like he, he was working hard. He was A lot of times the, people would call him lazy, but he was a lazy guy that never got caught, and when he needed that extra burst, he had it. He didn't have the speed, though, that Connor McDavid has. Connor McDavid has uh, 
world-class speed. So there's always fast guys around the NHL when I played, but they didn't have the hands or they couldn't think. Right now, Connor McDavid's got he's got the speed, and he can make all the plays that everyone else can make, but he can do it going Mach 1. And I think that's what separates him from any of the other players. And we before he came to the NHL, everyone talked about his speed, but you don't really get to, to grasp it until you see him going with the best in the world. And when he's in the, with the best in the world, he still makes other guys look slow. And that shows you how fast he is. McDavid has a six-game point streak, eight assists over that span. Taylor Hall scored twice. You'll hear from him when we get back. Oilers beat the Sharks 6-3. Terry Peranich, overtime open line from the Cabela's Broadcast Centre. Live from the Cabela's Broadcast Centre, this is the Terry Peranich team overtime open line. On Oilers Radio, 6.30, Chad. Rebound, Dale Yakupov. Left circle, chips it right back to McDavid. Beautiful move, hits for the net. Curls behind and cut off by DeMello. Out to the high slot, Eberle. Spins, dishes, shot, sacker. Rebound, Eberle. Shoots and scores! 5-3! Jordan Eberle following his own shot with his 24th of the year. And the Oilers lead by a deuce. And they would win by three, 6-3, your final. That tied Everly for the team lead in goals. Taylor Hall then got an empty netter to pass him. Hall with 25, Everly with 24, 6-3. The Oilers take it. A bit of a bit of a surprise after the first period. It was all Sharks. They outshot Edmonton. 12-4 in the first period. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Rob. Mm-hmm. And led 2-0, and then the Oilers turned it on with four goals in the second period. The third time this season the Oilers have scored four in a period. They also did it February 2nd against Columbus, and they did it in the third period against the Rangers on December 11th. Some text here to 630-630. This person says, I love the winning attitude Maroon brings. If attitude is contagious, he's worth every penny. This is the guy who will kickstart the culture change the Oilers badly need. Mark says, greatest defensive game of Yakupov's season was forechecking and was all over the ice. Good to see him get rewarded with a couple of apples. That's from Mark, where they took away the one assist, but he could have got one on on, uh, Hall's first goal. And Ian says, it's pretty stupid that the Sharks called someone up from the minors just to fight 21-year-old Darnell Nurse. That organization should reevaluate its priorities because that's Bush League. Wait until Polak can fight for himself or get someone who is actually there to step up. Quite frankly, the Sharks look like huge jerks. Probably why they lost. Karma. That's from Ian. Karma. I mean, I had nothing wrong with what they did, and neither did the coaching staff or the players from the Oilers. It's part of the game. It happened, and the game got better as soon as that fight was over and done with. So there was nothing wrong with that in the minds of the Oilers. I absolutely agree with the Cassian, or excuse me, with the Maroon. Uh, Maroon's come from a winning culture. He's come from a team that expects excellence. They expect to win every night. They, if if they go out there and their effort isn't where it needs to be, then they demand better from each other. So I, I agree. That is Players like that in your dressing room is only going to make you better. And uh, Neil Yakupov, uh, he, he, he looked like he was happy to be playing tonight. And I think there's been games where he's been on a line that he didn't look happy with, and it affected his play. I think tonight he had jump. He had four, his forechecking was good. His support was good. He's getting pucks out in his own zone. Uh, he played a very good game, and I believe because of that he will be rewarded. And he will be with Drysaddle and Hall in L.A. on Saturday night. Speaking of Taylor Hall, let's hear from him. He's in San Jose after this Oilers 6-3 win. What, what changed yeah. in that second period? 
Uh, we just you know, we kind of got our butts in gear and, and started playing hockey again. Um, you know, hockey's a it can be such a simple game when you just get pucks in and, and play as a unit, play as five guys. So we have to do that every game. We can't wait till the second period to get going. But uh, just goes to show that when we want to play our game and, and play well, it doesn't matter where we are, the situation, um, we can do that. How mad was uh, Todd? Uh, after the first in here. Uh. Pretty mad. I mean, we were all mad at ourselves, too. We didn't really need him to come and give us a jolt, but he did, and uh, it worked out for us. Like I said, it's great that we had a you know a really good last two periods there, but um, you know we have to have better starts, especially on the road. Um, teams feed off energy at home, and they want to get going as well, so uh, we have to combat that, make sure that we're taking the play to them instead, instead of sitting back. A couple of goals tonight. Was that a B chance you scored on the first one? Or yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, the, the other night we had a ton of chances and nothing went in tonight. Not not many chances for uh, Leon and myself and, and Yak, but uh, we got one and uh, the empty net there. So just nice to contribute, nice to be on for some offense. How big is it for you guys to get this one? You guys have had a hard time getting road wins, and to get one here where Todd was the coach for many years. Yeah, it's a good feeling all around. Um, you know, that we're not in the situation we want at this time of year, but wins are wins, and... Uh, we're going to celebrate, uh, you know, for five, ten minutes after the game, and make sure that we come out in LA with a strong game. You knew that Darnell would step up for himself, or how did you see that? Yeah, I mean, he he's uh, he's a tough kid, and he doesn't really seem to, uh, um, you know, get scared at the notion of fighting. He's he's ready to accept his uh, his retribution, and um, he's a guy that we know we know he's going to stand up for not only himself but his teammates, and that's a good thing. That's Taylor Hall after the Oilers' 6-3 win in San Jose. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown with you. It's 12:38. Rob, let's take a look at Shuttertown scoreboard. Wild game in Toronto. The Leafs blew a 4-1 lead. The Ducks led it 5-4. The Leafs tied it and win 6-5 in overtime. Uh, the Leafs playing good hockey right now. Don't have uh, a lot of veterans in the lineup, but a lot of guys up from the AHL making the most of their auditions. The Canucks finally scored after being shut out three games in a row. They led 2-0 after the first period. Predators got a couple of quick ones in the third and beat the Canucks 3-2 in a shootout. Yeah, the Vancouver Canucks, not a very good team right now. they got a ton of injuries just like the Oilers do, and the Oilers will see them with the last two games of the season for Edmonton. Red Wings beat the Canadians 4-3. It was 4-0 at one point. The Wild all over the Flames tonight, 6-2. Parisi, a hat-trick. Goudreau did get his 28th. Yeah, the, the, the Wild, they, they need every point they can get when you play against the bottom feeders in the National Hockey League. You've got to make sure you pull two points out of those games. The Jets beat the Kings 4-1. The Coyotes over the Stars 3-1. Flyers double up on the Avalanche 4-2. Hurricanes over the Blue Jackets 3-2. Devils 3, Penguins nothing. Panthers 4, Bruins 1. So oddly enough, the three Pacific Division powers, Ducks, Kings, and Sharks tonight, all lose to teams in the bottom six in the overall standings. Anaheim did get a point, but Winnipeg, uh, Edmonton, and Toronto all beating. Or uh, sorry, Anaheim did get a point, but Winnipeg, Edmonton, and Toronto all beating those teams. Well, it shows you in the National Hockey League. If you don't bring your A game, anybody can beat anyone. And tonight, the San Jose Sharks didn't. Neither did Anaheim. And obviously, uh, who was the other team? The LA Kings. I mean, and all teams desperate for points. It's a little harder when you need the points than when you don't. And sometimes the pressure gets to you. How about this? The Edmonton Oil Kings win game one in Brandon, 4-2. 
the final three goals in the third period. Well, it's funny. There's 30 points or 35 points difference between the two in the standings. This was supposed to be a rollover for Brandon, but the Edmonton Oil Kings played them well all season long, winning three of the four games against Brandon. And now I know it's a long way from the series being over, but in a 2-3-2 playoff format that they have, the Oil Kings now have three chances on home ice to clean out this series. It's going to be, I don't think it's going to happen that way, but a huge win on the road for the Edmonton Oil Kings. Well, they stole game one last year. Didn't turn out great. Got blown out in game two, and then every game yeah, Rexall ended 3-2, including the last one in in, uh, in overtime. But they came through tonight, so we'll see what happens. Canada, Chelsea Carey winning final round robin game at the Women's World Curling Championship in Swift Current. 9-4 over Scotland. It basically amounted to a playoff game because the winner was in and the loser was out, so Canada is in. Canada will play Russia in the 3-4 page playoff game on Saturday afternoon. So that is uh, another elimination game for Canada. Yeah, and good luck to them. I've watched, we, well, you and I have watched a little bit on the, the TV between our games and stuff. Uh, it's always nice when you're playing on home soil to, to win a championship, so good luck to them. And she lost 11-2 to Japan earlier in the day. We're just so not going to talk about to, that one. We just forgot recover. about that. <laughs> I, I mean, that'd be tough having to go into a must-win when the last time you were on the ice you lost 11-2 against a team that you are expected to beat. So good on them to come up with a huge win against Scotland. The Oilers get the win tonight. They rally from a 2-0 deficit and take down the Sharks 6-3. Maroon had a goal and two assists. Hall with two goals. Clendenning with a goal and an assist. Sekera two helpers. McDavid and an assist. His point streak goes now to six games. Rob, enjoy your day off. Yeah, good Friday tomorrow. Today? Oh, it is Good Friday right now. It's 12.42. Actually, I think it's fantastic Friday. (laughs) The Oilers and the LA Kings will play on Saturday night. We will have it for you. 6.30 for the face-off show. The puck will drop at 8. Matthew Panashik has been your studio producer this evening. The executive producer of Oilers Hockey on 6.30, Chad, is Sid Smith. More on the Oilers on this game on the Oilers page on 6.30Ched.com. Terry Peranich Overtime Open Line has come to you from the Cabela's Broadcast Center. It is 12.43. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend.